Hi, this is Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Nat Tablante. He is professor and extension poultry veterinarian at the Virginia Maryland College of Veterinary Medicine. Thanks for joining us, Nat. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Now, you have a, an interesting poster at the American Association of Avian Pathologists. It's called Biosecurity. It's really not boring. Well, whoever said it was? Surprisingly, a lot of people these days, whenever you try to talk about biosecurity, they seem to be so tired of hearing that word already. Mm -hmm. uh, especially in my case as an extension poultry veterinarian, when I try to organize workshops and seminars focusing on that subject alone, it seems to turn people off already because they're tired of being told what to do. Mm -hmm. But if you incorporate it into something more interesting than that, like nutrition, genetics, general poultry husbandry, they don't know what's coming, but biosecurity is all part of that big picture mm -hmm. anyway. So try to, we try to incorporate biosecurity into our workshops now about something else, and they seem to feel better about it. We have to talk about biosecurity in a more positive way, in a more interesting way, not dictating policy or guidelines to our clients. Put biosecurity in a positive light, that it's fun to do if it's incorporated into the bigger picture of poultry production, how to make it work, how to make it successful, how to protect our chickens. Well, and it's been said that the devil is in the details, and there are certainly a lot of details that go into biosecurity, and yeah, frankly, I guess they can get a little tedious, um, has anybody ever looked into the psychology of biosecurity uh, in the sense that maybe they're good at following up on those tasks that give them you know, instant gratification? Washing off the truck, for example, right, something right. that they can see. But when you're talking about ventilation or feed or mm -hmm. things that you can't see the immediate result, uh, is there something to that? Well, a lot of studies have been done. I know for a particular one that was done by my former advisor from the University of Guelph. And uh, what he did was he put video cameras in entrances to poultry farms uh, in North Carolina and monitored compliance with biosecurity measures. And he found some interesting things that people were actually taking shortcuts, mm -hmm. trying to probably save time when, uh, during farm visits. That's and human nature though, right? I'm not criticizing these people. I think what matters more is if we put biosecurity in a sense that they'll comply. Who would follow putting on plastic booties, for example, if they're not there for them to use? Or foot baths if it's dirty? Who would step on a dirty foot bath? So make it easy for people to comply and make sure they are trained to know the rules and know and appreciate the importance of these biosecurity rules. Keep it simple, avoid technical jargon. Just go straight to the point and make it easy for people to comply. But it's really not simple, is it? It's not. It's easier said than done. Well, let's give credit where credit is due. What are the areas of biosecurity that you have seen that producers in your state are really doing well? Well, first of all, I speak for the Delmarva Peninsula. They have a very strong poultry group, the Delmarva Poultry Industry Incorporated. They have developed a really good program where their growers, contract growers, actually follow the rules because it's written in their contracts, number one. And even if it's not, they have 
incorporated those biosecurity measures in such a way that, for example, at the entrance to the farm, there is a barrier and there's a mailbox that doesn't contain mail. It contains a check-in sign-up sheet and a set of booties, plastic disposable booties, headgear, coveralls, and a hand sanitizer. So before people get inside, they have to wear those, sign in mm -hmm. and wear those personal protective equipment. So as I said earlier, if you provide those things, people will comply and it's part of their training. It's written into their contract and for them, it becomes routine, it becomes a habit. Where are the biggest areas for improvement? Well, as always, it's uh, in uh, making sure that you have a constant supply of these materials. Mm -hmm. Once you run out, well, you're not sure whether the people who come in actually have them in their possession. Although, of course, poultry company personnel are supposed to have these materials in their trucks. That's part of their job. What about in, uh, inspectors, visitors, those who are allowed, uh, gas and electric meter readers? They're not even supposed to enter poultry farms with live birds in there mm -hmm. because the meters are outside. So farmers or producers have to make sure that these people are kept to areas where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, there's always a possibility that trucks that come in may have been to other farms. It's especially tough in winter. A hose that's outside there in the summer will of course have running water. It will not function in winter unless it has a warming system. So there are some weather related issues as well that we have to deal with. But still, it can be boring. Well, if you don't make it interesting, it will be boring. It becomes so monotonous to some people and they don't want to hear about that word anymore unless you make it part of something bigger and uh, they become more interested in taking part in this big poultry disease prevention system. And can you give me an example? What would you do to try to heighten the interest in biosecurity? Well, if I may just plug in my USDA NEFA funded biosecurity videos. Mm -hmm. It's part of that. It's uh, about keeping things short and simple, knowing that the attention span of many people is very short. And so uh, the guidelines have to be science-based and you have to show and tell, just like the good old days in grade school and high school maybe, <laughs> where you actually show in these short videos what should be done as you step into a farm, how, where to park your vehicle, how to put on boots, how to get out of a farm, leaving your dirty uh, disposable coveralls and booties. All these were made in such a way that it was a short six to seven minute video. People naturally resist rules. I think it's human nature. Everybody wants to take a shortcut. But when you explain to somebody, whether it be a producer or a teenager, anybody, why that rule is in place mm -hmm. and the consequences that could come of it, right, right. then it starts to make a lot more sense. Exactly. Um, again, that sounds simple, but what, what, can, what can we do with farm workers to really impress upon them the importance and the consequences mm -hmm. of not following good biosecurity? Absolutely, and a perfect example of that is avian influenza. That is a perfect example of what could happen if you don't practice good biosecurity. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to say that in a non-threatening way. 
How do you do that? You educate people. What is this virus like? You can see it, obviously, but it will hide in cracks and crevices. It will be carried on your footwear and clothing because it resides in manure and excreta, of course, in uh, 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 nasal and oral secretions of infected birds. So if you impress upon people who are going out there in the field and they might carry this in their tires and their footwear and tell them, especially if they're producers, to be careful because this virus can get into their birds, then they'll appreciate uh, the value of practicing good biosecurity. Sounds like good advice. We have been talking to Nat Tablante. He is a professor and extension poultry veterinarian at the Virginia Maryland College of Veterinary Medicine. Again, Nat, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you.